You are listening to the Tales of Grimoire. Turn down the lights, grab a snack, and listen. God. Chapter 5. The Regent. Use the other cushion, the one she complained about last time. Yes, mistress, the handmaiden answered. Sakura settled on her knees at the tea table. Morning sunlight was streaming through the window at her back, casting her long shadow across the room. Longer than father's maybe longer than any shogun before her. The thought brought a satisfied smile to Sakura's face. The smile faded slowly as her thoughts turned to today's guest. Sakura loathed how necessary it was that the woman continue to draw breath. It would only take one stroke of the sword to separate that insufferable face from those ancient shoulders and in so doing, risk open rebellion in the South. She ran it over and over in her head regardless, a delightful, bloody fantasy. She watched as the patch of light slowly shrank along with her shadow. The regent was often late, this insult was expected, but still grating. It was not until Sakura's shadow had receded to her half of the table that the screen slid open and the shrew entered. She bowed deeply and Sakura inclined her head so fractionally one might have mistaken it for unmoving. I apologize for my lateness, Lady Kitagawa, she rasped. See that this habit does not continue, Lady Usotsuki. I am glad to hear that the late unpleasantness has not dulled your tongue, my lady. She lied while taking her place opposite Sakura. The rain does not blunt a sword's edge. It would seem so. My sympathies for your loss are the same, dear, she offered. Sakura set her jaw firmly. Thank you. I trust you have had ample time to review the plans? The regent sunk her head in mock apology. I have, my lady. Unfortunately, we must postpone. The young emperor is devastated by the loss of your father, and can scarcely bear to leave his chambers at the moment. Sakura made no attempt to hide her displeasure. When will the Emperor be ready? It will take time, my lady. His sorrow is deep, the wound quite fresh. I fear I could not make even the weakest guess at when he will feel able to officiate, she answered. This was going nowhere. And the rest of the plans? 
The shrew nodded sagely. A beautiful ceremony, the likes of which the kingdom has not seen for decades. Nothing like the austerity of your father's appointment. It will be expensive, but of course you knew that, my lady. I did not entreat your opinion on the expense. I need to know whether the palace is in fit condition to host the ceremony. She clucked testily. It is an ancient building with a proud tradition. It was here long before you or I, and will stand long after we have embarked on our own walks. In over one thousand years of service to our emperors, it has never disappointed. I will take that to mean you can accommodate me. When the emperor is ready, she added. When the emperor is ready. <sighs> Sakura exhaled sharply to relieve the building pressure in her body. The regent's double-speak was always infuriating, but Sakura got the distinct impression she would have to stomach yet more. Now that my lady is satisfied by our contribution to her coronation, if I might make a personal entreaty? The hag continued. Sakura bit hard on her tongue. Go on. My granddaughter adores you, my lady. It would mean so very much if she might be permitted to attend your ceremony when the emperor is ready, she began. I know that my son attended the court last year, but if you might make an exception to allow him and his family to join us, I would be eternally in your debt. Usotsuki Toru in the city. You need not have left, Kimiko. The bloodthirsty beast is coming to us. It would be highly unusual to grant an exception in alternate attendance. Surely your son's attentions are needed in his lands. Winter is coming and the harvests are in. He would be joining you in another three months anyway. All I ask is that he be recalled to the capital early for the sake of my sweet Hanako. She admires you ever so deeply, my lady, she answered. Sakura misliked this. The regent was bad. Her son was worse. Am I to assume that the company of a young friend might improve the emperor's mood? Usatsuki lit up. Why... I think that should work wonders. The Emperor would be well pleased to have the company of my granddaughter. Sakura allowed her irritation to radiate across the table. Fine. You shall alert me when the Emperor is able to coronate me. You shall see to it that the palace is made ready for the ceremony, and I shall send word to Toru that he should make haste to the capital. Are there any matters here discussed which I have forgotten, Lady Usatsuki? No, my lady. I believe you have remembered all matters of import, she replied, rising from the table. Sakura watched as she made slow progress to the screen. She turned back before leaving the room and offered, Perhaps you could invite all of your daimyo. 
your coronation could be the first time in centuries every lord is assembled under one roof. Just imagine the spectacle. Sakura sat in silence. Toru in the city. Nothing good could come of it, but it was the only way to guarantee a swift ceremony. And a swift ceremony was surely necessary. A lengthy interregnum could be fatal for Sakura. The divisions of the past few years were still stark, and any lapse in shogunal authority was an invitation to treason. She had to send word. Though perhaps to more than one castle. Yes, she could still salvage this situation with the right help. She rose quickly and called for ink and parchment from her handmaiden. She would send word to Toru, but she needed another trustworthy courtesan. There were over one hundred daimyo in Gehon. Sakura could count the trustworthy ones on her left hand. None of them were currently attending court. Toru would need almost a week on the road to reach the capital after receiving his letter. His handler would need to reach the city within that time. Thank you, Akari. Sakura spread the first sheet out on the table and dipped her brush in the inkwell. Usotsuki Toru is hereby commanded to attend the shogun's court at Daikyo ahead of his appointed time. This letter departs the capital on the 29th of Dragonsmont. He will arrive no later than the 30th of First Warrior. He is expected to attend in the company of Usotsuki Hanako at the command of the shogun's heir. Sakura slid the letter away and focused on the second sheet. She knew exactly who she must summon. Kuriyama Toriyama is hereby requested to attend the shogun's court at Daikyo ahead of his appointed time. His presence is urgently needed. Sakura bloom and wither in the span of days. Sakura allowed herself a satisfied smile at her clever solution. She rolled both papers and set about melting seal wax over them. Uncle Toriyama would serve well. As the wax relaxed into a puddle over the heat of the candle, she stared deeply into the flickering flame. She could not place the day, nor even if the memory was real. She was much younger, perhaps six or seven years of age. She was holding Mai on her lap and sitting beside a hearth somewhere up north. The heat of the fire straddled the line between welcome and uncomfortable. Uncle Toriyama was kneeling nearby, reciting some story or another. The window blew open in a strong gust of wind. Sakura could feel the cold bite of the inrushing air as it nearly extinguished the flame. Uncle Toriyama leapt up and slammed the window closed. He rushed over to the hearth and wrapped Sakura and Mai in a hug, so incredibly warm compared to the chill air. When had they all been somewhere with northern-style windows like that? Mai had almost never left Gehon and Sakura could not remember visiting Taug or Datior with her. Certainly not with Uncle Toriyama. Perhaps it was a fantasy, or several memories combined. Perhaps it was a real event, half-remembered. 
Regardless, Sakura could feel the warmth of Uncle Toriyama's arms, and needed that same feeling now. She pressed down the scrolls and started pouring the molten wax onto the edges. She watched the thick, red liquid fall down and thought back to a day she knew well. She could feel each hoofbeat of the stallion as it galloped over the stony earth, the sound ringing over the drumbeat of her heart pounding furiously in her chest. Ahead, Uncle Toriyama on his black horse was leading the charge. Sakura tightened her grip on the polearm in her right hand. Her lungs were burning, each breath fighting against the tension in her muscles. She had expected the line of men in front of them to rout, but they stood firm in the face of the samurai charging them. She eyed a space where the men were armed with swords instead of spears, and gently guided her horse toward it. She was upon them before she realized it was actually happening. Her polearm glided into the soft flesh of the unarmored rebel. Time slowed down as a gout of red liquid burst from his chest. The shaft of the polearm shuddered, and Sakura felt her arm being pushed back. Her horse was continuing forward. She released the weapon and watched as it vibrated through the air, fixed in the man's ribs. He collapsed to the ground in a pool of thick, red blood. Sakura sped past the line, and time resumed its appointed pace. She remembered the scene as she circled around to face the back of the enemy line. Dozens of samurai, katana already drawn, hacking at the routing rebels. Uncle Toriyama dismounting to accept the commander's surrender. He had led her into her first battle. The only battle of her life. Now she would lead him into her last battle, if it all came to that. She pressed to the seal into each scroll and took a moment to admire the notched crescent moon it made. Soon enough, her moon would be rising, and she would wield the dragon's blade. Sakura stood and strode into the hall. Akari-san, please see to it that a pigeon delivers this scroll to Kuriyama Toriyama at Karasuyama Castle. And see to it that a rider takes this scroll to Lord Usotsuki at Nanasa Castle. A, a rider, my lady? Akari asked timidly. A rider. Sakura handed the scrolls to Akari and took her leave without explaining. She needed to clear her head of the morning's frustrations. Usotsuki thought wrong if she believed Sakura could be defeated so easily. The audacity of the woman's attempts at subterfuge was infuriating. It was a grave insult to Sakura's intelligence that the shrew was even trying to outwit her. She descended to the main level and made for the sally port. She passed under the open portcullis and descended the familiar stone ramp. It was chilled by autumn, but warm in the countless memories of its use. She chuckled as she thought back to the late nights sneaking young samurai into the castle through this passage, and indeed the late night just yesterday doing the same. Passing the stables, Sakura heard a tremendous commotion. Had Kimiko returned early? Sakura stuck her head through the open archway that led in. Grooms were everywhere, valiantly attempting to calm the dozen or so startled horses. 
The protector macaque was howling furiously from the rafters. Kimiko's mare, though, was nowhere to be seen. She waved to catch one of the attendants' attention, but no one noticed. Sakura sighed heavily before backing out and continuing toward the training yard. Her head was swimming with anxieties and frustrations. In the back of her mind, she knew there was something bothering her more than anything Usotsuki had said. She could not name what it was. The absent mare weighed heavily on her mind as well. She wished Kimiko were back. She needed someone to speak with. She needed to know that giving in to the shrew was the right decision. Her certainty in her strategy was fading with every footstep. Perhaps she had been overconfident. It was the right decision. Right? Sakura needed the Emperor, and he would only be delivered if Usotsuki's son was in the capital. And surely Sakura did need the Emperor. Transitions between shoguns tended to encourage unrest. It was dangerous to wait too long, was it not? Especially now. Without legitimacy, Sakura could be challenged. Which was probably why Usotsuki wanted her son in the capital, to challenge Sakura. Kimiko, though, Kimiko, would have a more uplifting outlook on the situation. Sakura knew she would. Kimiko would tell Sakura that with Uncle Toriyama in the city, everything would be okay. If he got here first. Sakura found herself in the training field. She had not expected Tsuhira-san to be on the grounds today after the night they had had. Yet there he was, drilling the young boys in polearms. Sakura's eyes drifted to his powerful arms, rippling with muscles as he demonstrated for his audience, his bare chest glistening with sweat in the sunlight. All the day's tortures melted away as she caught his sparkling eyes from across the yard. Lady Sakura, you honor us with your presence, he announced with a deep bow. I would honor you at length if you joined me for a walk, Tsuhira-san. Tsuhira turned and gave hurried instructions to his young charges before jogging to Sakura's side. She longed to reach out and grasp his hand, but restrained herself in mixed company. Walk with me, Tsuhira. How was your meeting with the Oni? he asked quietly. I met with the mother. The Oni is yet to come. Toru is coming? he pressed. In less than a month. You should be appointed by then. Every time you and the court will stand behind you, he comforted. The bitch is blocking the ceremony until he arrives. Tsuhira grabbed Sakura's arm. She spun to look him squarely in the eye, but she knew she was not hiding her fear well enough. She cannot do that. She has no right, he insisted. She has no right... She does have the Emperor. Fuck her! Seize the Emperor yourself! Make him perform the ceremony, he urged. Sakura laughed bitterly. If I move against her, half the court would defect on the spot. The other half would never accept my legitimacy if I arrested an eight-year-old child and fed him a speech at knife point. Then fuck having the daimyo on your side. You have me, he continued. 
Sakura allowed herself a legitimate laugh. My brave warrior, I do not doubt that you would gladly cut through every heart in this city just to see me smile. Unfortunately, I don't just need them. I need the men who serve them and the lands they work. Then I'll cut through them too, and I'll tear up every meter of land they work and deliver them at your feet, he offered. Sakura leaned forward and kissed him. The warmth of his body and the sweetness of his lips were all the ward she needed from the cold autumn morning. Unfortunately, they were no ward from the world. My sweet Suhira, I do not ask any of that. I ask only that you stand by my side until the Oni has departed. I have sent word to Uncle Toriyama. He will know what to do. Sakura pressed herself against Tsuhira. He wrapped her in his strong embrace. She exhaled slowly, enjoying this quiet moment before the chaos to come. The warmth of his arms flowed into her body, and the warmth of their memories together filled her head. Memories. Something was bothering Sakura. The portcullis was open. Sakura pulled herself back and looked into Tsuhira's eyes, just in time to see the inferno reflected in them. She felt herself being lifted off the ground. Everything went dark.